0: A top communications official for Donald Trump has issued a dire warning that leftists are being trained for insurrection and the Democrats will refuse to concede the election. And if Donald Trump refuses to stand down on Inauguration Day, the shooting begins. He is warning of armed revolt. Now, he's not completely wrong. We've already heard from Hillary Clinton saying that Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances. We've heard the story about the war games planned out by Democrats suggesting they will not concede, preferring the West Coast secede from the Union. But there's one big, important detail here. The New York Times story about this Trump official, it's about his personal Facebook account, and he did a live event to a very, very small amount of followers. So is it the most important story in the world? Probably not. And perhaps this is the ravings of a madman, paranoid and delusional from seeing endless streams of videos of far leftists engaging in conflict in the streets. He warned that the shooting in Portland, in fact, was just a drill. But maybe it's more than the ravings of a madman. Maybe it's a man with insider information working in the government, telling his close personal friends to buy ammo because it's going to get bad. And that's actually what happened. But framing is everything. Of course, the New York Times is just trying to paint it like this guy's crazy. He says he accused the CDC scientists of sedition. Not all of them, many of them. Now, while I don't necessarily know if this is true, and I'll say I think it's definitely over the top, we do know that there is a large group of employees at the CDC who are intersectionalists far left identitarians who want racism to be declared a national health crisis. Is that this resistance group he's referring to? I don't know. But I can say that the Democrats likely will not concede. The Republicans likely will not concede either. And both liberals and conservatives believe that neither side will accept the results of the election. And that's why I often talk about the potential for civil war. Now, some people have pointed out and said things like there's no ideological line. There's no hard hitting ideological line for a civil war. Well, I, you know, uh, in, in reference to the first civil war, we had slavery. I don't know if that's uh, mandatory or essential to a civil war. I don't know if a civil war will actually happen, but I will tell you this. Many of the naysayers have said to me, Tim, you're being silly. Just because Antifa and the Proud Boys are fighting in the streets doesn't mean there's going to be a civil war. And of course, that's never what I really meant. And I explained this several times. What happens when the ideological split, the crack in the windshield starts splintering and makes it all the way to the top? At that point, everything splits down the middle. You see, in this organization, the CDC, you have a man saying that they're going to have to kill him. And he believes there is a resistance cell of people trying to undermine Donald Trump. Of course, the mainstream media is saying he's the crazy one. It doesn't matter who's right as far as I'm concerned. What matters is that both sides are pointing the finger at each other. And there are large amounts of people on either side pointing the finger back. At a certain point, I fear there will be a Secret Service agent a police chief, an FBI high ranking official. And they'll be looking at two factions and they'll both be yelling, I'm the real president, arrest them. It's almost like that trope in movies where the evil twin says, I'm the real Tim. No, no, he's the evil twin. Who do you decide? who, Who do you pick? And so the fear is that come election night, Trump and Biden will both declare victory factions within the government will be at odds with each other and there will be no unified law enforcement, in which case it's your your guess is as good as mine as to who wins. But it may come down, as Matt Taibbi said, to a couple vehicles rushing towards a police station, two men jumping out, yelling to the police captain, arrest that man. Or I'm paraphrasing. It was something like that. But let's not get let's not get ahead of ourselves. Maybe this guy's just off his rocker, right? So let's read the story and see what he's actually talking about. Before we get started, however, head over to timcast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are many ways you can give. There is a P.O. box if you'd like to send stuff to me personally. But the best thing you can do is share this video. I don't have a big marketing department. I rely on word of mouth. If you think what I'm saying is reasonable and rational, important, sharing really does help spread the word. But uh, also don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. Let's read the story. The New York Times reports Trump health aide alleges broad conspiracies and warns of armed revolt. Michael Caputo, the assistant secretary of health for public affairs, told a Facebook audience without evidence that left-wing hit squads were being trained for insurrection, and he accused CDC scientists of sedition. Now, I want to stop here and just point out the hilarity of uh, of the mainstream media. He told a Facebook audience without evidence he has only a few followers. It was his personal Facebook account. And if he's just giving his opinion, do you expect him to pull up evidence like I do every single video? You see, this is why I do what I do. I used to actually just host a regular video and do edits. No, no, no. You got to have evidence for everything. All right. All right. Here's the story. They say the top communications official at the powerful cabinet department in charge of combating the coronavirus accused career government scientists on Sunday of sedition in their handling of the pandemic and warned that left wing hit squads were preparing for an armed insurrection after the election. Michael Caputo, 58, the assistant secretary of public affairs at the Department of Health and Human Services, said without evidence that the CDC was harboring a resistance unit determined to undermine President Trump. Let's do a fact check on that. Is there a resistance unit? What does that even mean? How do you even fact check that? I don't know. That's kind of ridiculous. I can tell you this. CDC employees call out agencies' toxic culture of racial aggressions from July 13th. They say more than 1,200 current employees at the CDC have signed a letter calling for the federal agency to address ongoing and recurring acts of racism and discrimination against black employees, NPR has learned. In the letter addressed to CDC director Robert Redfield and dated June 30th, the authors put their call for change In the context of the coronavirus pandemic, disproportionate impact on black people and the killings of George Floyd, Ahmed Arbery, Breonna Taylor and Rayshard Brooks NPR obtained a copy of the letter, which is published below, quote, in light of recent calls for justice across this country and around the world, we as dedicated public health official uh, professionals can no longer stay silent to the widespread acts of racism and discrimination within the CDC that are, in fact, undermining the agency's core mission. Well, it doesn't necessarily uh, prove that there is a sleeper unit or, you know, resistance unit, whatever, opposing Trump. It does show, however, that there is a large portion of people at the CDC, just over 10% who adhere to the leftist ideology and are pushing left wing talking points. While that doesn't mean there's a coordinated unit, it does suggest there are going to be individuals in the CDC by any means necessary decided they will stop Trump. That's the saying for many of these Antifa types and many of these ideologues. Let's read more. They say Mr. Caputo, who has faced criticism for leading efforts to warp CDC weekly bulletins to fit Trump's pandemic narrative, pandemic narrative, suggested that he personally could be in danger. Quote, you understand they're going to have to kill me. And unfortunately, I think that's where this is going. Mr. Caputo, a Trump loyalist installed by the White House in April, told followers in a video. He posted, he hosted live on his personal Facebook page. They say he has 5,000 Facebook friends and the video has been viewed by more than 850 times. Oh, 850 people. Heard a guy say this and this is news New York Times. Come on, why am I talking about this? Okay, okay. I think the New York Times is reaching really far to try and come up with a story. And I find myself in a position where I'm questioning whether or not I should even be talking about it because eight hundred and fifty people heard this guy say this. But this does provide an example of something I've long feared, whether it's widespread or not. Elements within the federal government are at odds with each other, are accusing each other of being bad or evil or just amoral, whatever at, at odds, you know, resisting the president. So what happens when these people at the CDC who oppose this guy, what happens when there's no clear winner of the election? Certainly, I hope that the resistance just stops. They won't. They won't stop. They've said they won't stop. And Kamala Harris said they should not let up. So why would they? It's been going on for months. The issue here is that these people are in the highest level of government they just haven't started yet, necessarily. We've already seen in, Por- it was in uh, I believe it was Portland, it was in Oregon. An actual Democrat staffer was arrested for rioting. They say Mr. Caputo delivered his broadside against scientists, the media, and Democrats after a spate of news reports over the weekend that detailed his team's systematic interference in the CDC's official reports. Let me stop there. Uh, we could frame it the other way, that this guy was trying to stop bunk science from getting pushed out. In fact, he actually said that he goes on to to point out that they're, they're holier than thou using bad science. Now, they do mention this quote. They say Mr. Caputo on Sunday complained on Facebook that he was under siege by the media and said that his physical health was in question and his, quote, mental health has definitely failed. I don't like being alone in Washington, he said, describing, quote, shadows on the ceiling in my apartment. They're alone. Shadows are so long. He then ran through a series of conspiracy theories, culminating a prediction that Mr. Trump will win re-election, but his Democratic opponent, Biden, will refuse to concede. Quote, and when Donald Trump refuses to stand down at the inauguration, the shooting will begin, he said. The drills that you've seen are nothing. If you carry guns, buy ammunition, ladies and gentlemen, because it's going to be hard to get. Wow. Bold. Despite his, the criticisms of his team's interference with the CDC, Caputo said he expected to remain in his post because Mr Trump supported him. "Quote, I'm not going anywhere. I swear to God as God is my witness, I am not stopping." What do you think the left is saying in response to things like this? He said this. Mr Caputo suggested, without evidence, that the August killing of a Trump supporter in Portland by an avowed supporter of Antifa was part of a broader left-wing plot to target the administration's supporters. "Quote, Remember the Trump supporter who was shot and killed? That was a drill. The New York Times says he needs evidence and he definitely does. I'm not going to believe that this guy's correct. I think there are leftists who are training. I think there is a high potential for civil conflict. And I think the New York Times wants to frame this as Donald Trump's going crazy. Oh, his his, his staffers are nuts. Well, that will only make things worse. Trump supporters and his loyal base are going to side with him. And it's all about framing. The New York Times asserted without evidence. What? How many things? All the time. Got us into a war in Iraq. So how many people are going to believe the New York Times? A lot and a lot won't. And therein lies the bigger problem, the fractured realities. Is Trump the evil fascistic dictator? No, obviously, of course not. Is this guy getting over the top? And, and, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe. But maybe he's not really. Maybe he's being hyperbolic, Maybe he's pointing to the CDC story I just showed you, and he's just saying, look at these people, this resistance group. Maybe the New York Times is trying to take him literally when he's mostly being figurative and exaggerating. Either way, there are going to be elements within the government that oppose each other. And what do we do when the two vehicles rush to the Secret Service and they pull, you know, Biden and Trump both point, I'm the president, arrest this man. I don't know. Maybe it won't happen, but maybe it will the Atlantic. The Democrats may not be able to concede. If Trump wins, especially after losing the popular vote, the left may draw the wrong conclusions from Shadi Hamid for the Atlantic. Well, I don't know what to tell you guys. I think, you know, people pointed out to me, they say, Tim, you're always saying there's going to be a civil war and blah, blah. You've been saying it for years, Tim. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I'm just a dude who complains about things on the Internet. All right. That's about it. OK, I read things and I try and fact them and then I complain about the bad news, like the bad journalism. You know, bad news is bad, you know, whatever. But how many stories like this do we have to get before you're like, hmm, maybe people will not accept the results and there will be nothing past 2020. Maybe Donald Trump will win. And maybe Joe Biden will say no. And both sides will declare themselves the victors. Maybe Joe Biden wins. Maybe Trump says no. Maybe all that matters at the end, Both sides say, I'm the real government. And then what does the Secret Service do? What would anyone do? Civil war, right? Let's read the story from the Atlantic. This is the era of expecting the worst while hoping for the merely tolerable. Some might say that the worst is already happening. He goes on to mention the pandemic. He says, I don't believe Donald Trump is a fascist or a dictator in the making. And I don't believe America is a failed state. I find myself truly worried about only one scenario, that Trump will win reelection and Democrats and others on the left will be unwilling, even unable to accept the results. A loss by Joe Biden under these circumstances is the worst case, not because Trump will destroy America. He can't, but because it is the outcome most likely to undermine faith in democracy, resulting in more of the social unrest and street battles that cities, including Portland and Seattle, have seen in recent months. For this for this reason, Strictly law and order Republicans who have responded in dismay to scenes of rioting and looting have an interest in Biden winning, even if they could never bring themselves to vote for him. I reject this 100 percent. I will not allow terrorism to dictate my vote. And when they keep coming out saying the only the only election result that will be peaceful is Joe Biden being handed power by Trump peacefully. They're telling us that unless Joe Biden landslides, there'll be violence. Why? Because they're going to bring it to us. And my response if that's the narrative you want to roll with, bring it on. I am not going to vote for someone uh, under duress. In fact, you try and threaten me, I'll do the opposite of what you say. Don't play games. Many people may be scared, however. I think it's so outrageous that they would repeatedly put out these narratives in the media, even this one, that if Joe Biden doesn't win, the violence will come. Trump says the same thing. Well, Trump says if Joe Biden wins, then you'll get the violence. Both sides are saying it, to be completely fair. Trump says if Biden wins, you're going to see violence and riding in the street. So pick your side. I Personally, I think Trump is correct. I think Joe Biden is weak. And I think one of the only reasons we've seen the riding slow down is because Trump had a uh, Oregon State Police deputized. And the feds have been going after these people. I don't believe Joe Biden would do that. Joe Biden's supporting the rioters. Now, okay, fine. He called it the violence. He said rioting, looting and destruction. All right. right, right. We got to get specific. Joe Biden's campaign staff bailed many of these people out. Kamala Harris fundraised. She tweeted out saying, hey, donate money. They supported Black Lives Matter over and over again. And let me make one thing clear. He can condemn the violence, but when he supports the organization that supports the violence, I don't want to hear it. You're playing games. He's just trying to say what he thinks he needs to say to win votes. But he has supported the movement and the movement has been violent, violent. If he wants to speak out against it, he can call them out by name. Until then, I think his words are meaningless. Here's what the Atlantic goes on to say in presidential elections. Once is a fluke, twice is a pattern. I struggle to imagine how beyond utter shock. Millions of Democrats will process a Trump victory, a loss for Biden after having been the clear favorite all summer would provoke mass disillusion with electoral politics as a means of change at a time when disillusion is already dangerously high. If Democrats can't beat a candidate as unpopular as Trump during a devastating pandemic and a massive economic contraction, then are they even capable of winning presidential elections anymore? Democracy, after all, is supposed to be is, is supposed to self-correct after mistakes, particularly mistakes as egregious as electing Donald Trump, whose unfitness for the nation's highest office makes itself apparent with almost every passing day. The media is responsible, completely responsible. Any disillusion is because the media kept saying we'll win, the Democrats will win, Trump can't win. On Bill Maher, Ann Coulter said when asked. Of the, the, the Republican candidates who has the best chance of winning, she said Donald Trump. And they all laughed. Ha ha ha. We're so much smarter than you. And what happened? Trump won. And that created a shock so hard to the psyche of many of these Americans. They snapped, developing instantaneous Trump derangement syndrome. You know why? Imagine if your entire world was built upon the, the lies being fed to you from mainstream media, from CNN and MSNBC and all these other outlets, and you believed it. Fox News is evil, they cried. And you believed it. And they were wrong. And your brain shattered like a block of ice being dropped out a window, onto <laughs> right the floor. Nothing made sense anymore. Everything you were told just didn't happen. How could Donald Trump have won all of the bad things they said about him? And he won. These people have lost it. They have Trump derangement syndrome. There are many people who are uninitiated, aren't paying attention. They'll probably vote for Joe Biden. Some of them will probably vote for Trump. Many others have become deranged because their entire world was shattered. And the only thing they could do was cling to psychotic narratives like Trump must be working for Russia. The only way he could have won is if, as if uh, Vladimir Putin controls everything. And uh, Rachel Maddow was more than uh, happy to oblige in that derangement spewing vile, nonsensical conspiracy for years, of which they're bringing back. So I can't tell you what you should expect. Go buy ammo. I did, but not because of civil war, because the riots are literally happening. And I can't rely on the police for my safety because they're trying to defund the police. Let's read a little bit more. Liberals had enough trouble accepting the results of the 2016 election. In some sense, They never really came to terms with it. The past four years have witnessed the continuous urge to explain why the inexplicable, to find solace in the fact that voters betrayed them. How could so many of their fellow American Americans side with a racist and a fabulist, someone so callous and seemingly without empathy? It was easier to think that those Americans had been lackeys, manipulated and deceived, or that they simply hadn't understood what was best for them. Moreover, the Russians interfered. I tip the balance. It's the only way to explain it. Well, maybe there will be a civil war. Maybe there won't. But as much as there's derangement on the left, let's just call it this excitement. The left is going to claim they're correct. Trump is Russian. He must be stopped. How about this? Donald Trump wins in a landslide. But then evidence emerges from some resistance intelligence agency members saying that the Russians interfered again and Joe Biden's the clear winner. How do you clear that up? It's one thing if you have a legal apparatus like mail-in voting is bunk and some votes weren't counted and then people argue over them. That can be resolved. What if it's a wild and unhinged conspiracy theory about Russia? You can't prove that. You'll never resolve that. You will get what, what do we get from the first uh, from Russia gate? Mindless testimony on people's opinions. Garbage. Nothing uncovered. What did we get from Ukraine gate? Bunk garbage. Just people coming up and giving their opinions. And that's what will happen. So what's their game? Their game is that Nancy Pelosi or whoever's the speaker of the House becomes president. And then neither Trump nor Biden wins. And we have an interim president while we do another hearing. I don't know, because I have to imagine With itchy trigger fingers, some right wingers predict the next civil war has finally arrived. There are militias that will not just sit back and say, okay. so when we have this Trump official say these leftist insurrectionists are planning armed revolt, sure. And so are right wing militias planning to defend the Constitution or to revolt as well. I've heard the rhetoric that if they try and steal this from Trump, patriots will defend his administration. And we can hear the same rhetoric now from uh, about the left, and many leftists are saying revolution, nothing less. So, I wonder what this all really means in terms of what happens after November. Well, in just three days, we will see the White House siege. Adbusters who announced the White House siege—they're saying it will be nonviolent, a nonviolent protest. They put out this image. 50 days of nonviolent protests, and boy, do they try really hard, but then put White House siege in all red. So I responded, the White House siege will be nonviolent. Well, they are calling for nonviolence, regardless of their intention. In calling for this, it will likely be violent. I think you'd have to be insane to think there won't be violence, because right-wing groups are going to come out to counter the White House siege, and left-wing groups are going to come out, and we all know what that means. It means liberals and conservatives both believe the opposing side will refuse to accept November's election results. And there you go. The conspiracies are running wild. The lies, the excitement, the narrative, everything. People are, 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 are gearing up for war. It, there's a couple. Look, ammo is being sold out. And I think the easiest way to explain it is that people are scared. We had a pandemic and then we had mass rioting. What if ammo is being purchased like crazy, because people aren't so scared about riots, but they're more scared about civil conflict. I live in a very blue area, very Democrat area. And the gun store is sold out of basically everything. I mean, they have got some guns, they got birdshot, but most of the other ammo just not there. I wonder what that means. And say it again. If both sides are feeling the exact same way, if both sides have individuals operating in the government, that's where things break down. I was told a couple of years ago when I said it feels like civil war is coming. I was told by several people the government will never allow that to happen. And it was a funny response. I was like, what do you mean the government won't allow it to happen? Well, the security of the security state is too powerful. You realize the security state is, is, is comprised of individuals. So what happens when 50 percent of is, is for Trump and 50 percent is for Biden And they both start fighting with each other. Congratulations. The factions have reached a federal government. So look, maybe this guy, this guy, Michael Caputo, just a crazy, crazy guy. He's just one guy. He's nuts. He was talking to only 850 people. Big deal. Not a whole lot. What if he's not? What if he's not crazy? What if he's an insider who has access to government information? And so he's speaking up and telling you what he's seeing in the government. Well, that's worrisome. What I find interesting is that if a witness came forward and gave a, uh, oh, let's put it this way. If someone working at the CDC came to the New York Times and then started telling them, I work for the CDC, Donald Trump's uh, loyalists are disrupting our, our science. What would the media do? They'd say, boom, mic drop. We got the story, the bombshell, Donald Trump undermining the CDC. Oh, wait, it's literally what they did. What would happen if a Trump official came out to the press and said there are crazy, unhinged leftists who are who are forming groups? They'd say, get out of here. You're nuts. Both without evidence. So how about this? The New York Times said without evidence that Michael Caputo was undermining the CDC. It's all about framing. The media takes a clear framing on the side of the left. So if there will be a disillusioned group of Democrats preparing for armed insurrection. It will be because the media told him so. What that means to rest of this country? Well, I'll tell you what, I have another prediction. I think it's possible we, end, we, we, we we pass through this unscathed. I think it's possible that Donald Trump wins an enormous landslide. Hey, hear me out. The Democrats then seeing the enormous landslide and not knowing how to process it go nuts. There will be some big law and order and insurrection act moments, but the United States will hold and ultimately we'll transition into an internet era of politics. You see, the Democrats that are freaking out Joe Biden, their establishment, that's the establishment, the people are supporting the establishment or they are the establishment. The media is defending the Democrats and going after Trump. But maybe the polls are all wrong. Maybe they're not accurately reaching out to the Internet age. And it seems like we may be entering a new world where you have two factions on this side where you are. We read the news You watch videos like mine, you hear what I have to say and you watch other creators and you get a diverse set of opinions. On the left, whatever the media says, the existing narrative is is law. Well, that means Donald Trump is the candidate for people who are spending their time online and doing their own research for better or for worse. And the people supporting Biden are those who just believe whatever CNN tells them. Well, CNN is going to collapse. The mainstream media is dying. We may be looking at a transition in our information absorption and our society for the better. Donald Trump is just the model T of the Internet presidents. Maybe the Democrats will have a crushing defeat because the mainstream media has lost touch. Their ratings are meaningless and people are actually watching content like this. I'll tell you what, as of right now, I personally have gotten over 100 million views in the past month one month, 100 million. You also have the likes of Joe Rogan and Ben Shapiro, probably also getting hundreds of millions. And Ben Shapiro and the Daily Wire, is uh, they're consistently the top Facebook uh, shared stories. They produce the top shared stories. So what does that mean? Maybe the polls are all wrong because they're polling establishment individuals. Maybe what we're really seeing is that those on the Internet will overwhelmingly support Trump. And then among establishment individuals, people still watching mainstream media, it's evenly divided, meaning the Democrats have like a quarter to 30 percent support from the registered voters. Or the establishment is right. We're all wrong. We're crazy Internet people. What do we know? That could be the case. At any rate, I don't know. I don't know. But I think my more hopeful outcome is that we are going through a hard transition and that after 2020, we will move towards populist candidates due to the Internet. It's a new phenomenon. It's a new technology and we'll see how it impacts us. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at youtube.com slash timcastnews at 6 p.m. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Well, I guess this will be your uh, morning riot update, because once again, riots have erupted. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is about 50 or 60 miles from Philadelphia, people began rioting after news broke of a man being shot and killed by police. And this story, this one's going to be really really bad for the Democrats. You see, as most of you know, Joe Biden's campaign staff was bailing out rioters. Kamala Harris was soliciting donations for rioters. This story is very different from the ones we've heard in the past. You see, George Floyd. Initially, we just had bystander footage. We didn't know exactly what had happened. And it looked really bad. And people said, yo, this looks really bad. Even Hannity and Glenn Beck, you get these conservatives coming out saying, why is he kneeling on the guy's neck? You then get the Jacob Blake video. It turns out this guy was fighting with the cops, but he still got shot several times in the back. So there's still an argument about whether or not he should have been shot in the back. Many of the activists started coming out saying, I don't care if he was. They were serving a warrant. He should not have been shot seven times and paralyzed. George Floyd, I don't care if he was using counterfeit money or doing drugs. They should not have held him down that way. Well, this man was running and screaming at an officer swinging a knife, and it's all on camera. He comes out, the cop backs away, and the guy has a knife and starts screaming and swinging it, and the cop runs away. But the cop couldn't run fast enough, turns, shoots several times, and now this man is dead. And they almost immediately released body camera footage showing there is a screaming, crazy man swinging a knife at a cop. Not enough, I guess. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's no circumstance because the rioters want to riot. They want to burn everything down. They don't have a cause. They are lying to you. They're trying to make you believe they have some kind of righteous morality behind them, but they don't. They just want to smashy, smashy. I know I've met many of these people back in the day from my, you know, from being on the ground and covering this stuff. I know what these people are really all about. So now we have this. There's one video. Or this live streamer is saying the police, you know, essentially saying the police shouldn't ever kill anybody because they're not a judge, jury, executioner. And they it's better they die than defend themselves. No, no one would do the job. Oh, it's like I'm going to serve a warrant. Guess I'll die. No, who's going to do that? That's insane. But now the political class is starting to recognize just how bad this really is. And I'll tell you what, I think it's going to be real bad for Biden. And Biden just tweeted out about gun control. The other day, some LA sheriff's deputies got shot several times times in an ambush, and the, the shooter is at large. This is the rhetoric you get when these riots are allowed to continue, when the cop is the bad guy, even if he's trying to run away. Cop's the bad guy. All right. That means no matter what happens, you could have, I'd be willing to bet, you could have a crazed guy with a knife to the throat of a little kid, and the cop would be like crying like drop the knife ah! and the guy's gonna be like, I'm gonna do it, and they the rioters would come out and be like, they killed a guy because they don't wait for the facts. They don't know or care. It is just an excuse to riot. Take a look at Chicago. Remember when that widespread rioting and looting broke out? They claimed cops shot a kid. No, he didn't. A guy drew a gun. The cops fight fire- and fired at him, I guess. The cops fired back. Some kind of firefight erupts. And then everyone's like, all right, excuse to riot. Let's roll. And there you go. That's the new normal. Let's read a little bit about Lancaster. And then I want to tell you why uh, even the mainstream media, they're starting to recognize Joe Biden's going to hurt from this bad. From the Post Millennial, they say Black Lives Matter riots in Lancaster, PA, over shooting of felon who tried to stab at a police officer. Stab? I think he was trying to kill the guy. I mean, you can see screaming and running at him. Uh, Ian Miles Chong writes for the Post Millennial. An officer involved shooting in Lancaster City, PA, took the life of 27-year-old Ricardo Munoz on Sunday. The action prompted widespread Black Lives Matter riots across the Pennsylvanian city to demand justice for the man whom they claim was murdered by a trigger happy police officer. The police were called to the area for a report of an in-progress domestic disturbance when Munoz lunged at the responding officer while brandishing a knife over his head. Body camera footage shows Munoz charging out the door of a home knife in hand in pursuit of a police officer who is forced to draw his firearm and fire at the suspect. They almost immediately released the body camera, body camera footage. I can't show you. It's brutal. But this poor cop, man, they're, ch- they're guys running at him and screaming. Police initially stated that Munoz was armed with a knife at the time of the shooting and promised to release body camera footage, which they did at 11 p.m. Eastern. But it wasn't enough to quell Black Lives Matter protest organizers who claim that Munoz was a victim of of police brutality. Munoz has an extensive history of violence. In 2019, Lancaster police arrested Munoz after responding to reports of a fight and learned the suspect stabbed four people, Local 21 reported. At the time, officers found Munoz holding a knife to his own throat and instructed him to drop the knife, but he refused and attempted to escape. Eventually, police managed to take him down with a taser. Among Munoz's four stabbing victims was a 16-year-old who suffered multiple wounds to his stabs to his face, thigh, ankle, and torso. His other victims included a 22-year-old female and two other male victims, both 26, all of whom suffered multiple injuries. There was no known relationship to Munoz and the victims, whom he appeared to select at random. Munoz was awaiting criminal trial for four counts of aggravated assault in the first degree when he attacked the police officer in the shooting on Sunday. Munoz's history of criminality includes stalking, repeatedly commit acts to cause fear, harassment, and criminal trespass. Despite Munoz's extensive criminal history, BLM protesters took to the streets of Lancaster on Sunday night to protest the shooting. A number of rioters damaged police vehicles. Now, of course, we had Elijah Schaefer on the scene. He says, Lancaster, Black Lives Matter riots kick off in Lancaster, PA after an officer involved shooting of a man armed with a knife. Over the course of the night, protesters agitated in the street and demanded that live streamers and journalists stop documenting their activity. Yep, no surprise there. In one instance, Black Lives Matter activists appeared to assault live streamer Franklin James Davis. Some protesters geared up in body armor and stated that there would be no peace, and that they would get results one way or another. Now, I think most of you understand what a riot looks like at this point, so I'm not going to go through all the tweets explaining it. Let's just talk about the bad, bad news for Mr. Biden. Take a look at this from Forbes, from a from a uh, a Seth Cohen contributor to Forbes saying what the Lancaster, Pennsylvania uh, protests might mean for the Biden campaign protests. Yes, yes. Smashing up windows and and creating barricades. I'm sorry. This this is it's civil unrest and it's it's low grade rioting. Call it what it is. But this guy makes a really interesting point. And it's 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 an obvious point. If if these people are going to go out and riot after this video comes out, what sane voter is going to be like? I support the rioters. I said sane. Yeah, a lot of crazy people might be like, I don't care if the police. But in this instance, what do we have? I mean, a guy was clearly trying to kill a cop, and the cop was running. That's this, this is the crazy thing about it. I, I thought it was going to be like you'd see the guy run at him with a knife, and you'd go no, and he would shoot. Nope, the cop actually turns and runs away. And I'm like, not only did the guy attack the cop, the cop tried fleeing first. And then when he couldn't run fast enough, that's when he fired. Come on, man. I do not expect cops just go out there and be like, "Guess I'll die because cops would be dying every single day. And cops do die, but they'd be dying every single day. There's a walk. Oh, I'm dead. No, they have to defend themselves. They do. I think reform makes sense. I think we can figure out ways to do better handle some circumstances. This ain't it. This is the, this is this is a, this. <laughs> Look, I don't like that this guy died, but I don't like that he tried killing a cop either. So what do you want? What do you want anyone to say about this? The world is not a fairy tale where you can like magically freeze the man. I've I've subdued him. Sorry. Tasers kind of work like that. But when someone's running at you with a knife, you got seconds split, not even seconds. You've got a fraction of a second to decide what do you do? Well, this guy, Seth, Seth Cohen for Forbes writes, On Sunday, an officer-involved shooting in the city of Lancaster, Pennsylvania, sparked anti-police protests that turned violent overnight. But unlike other recent shootings that have prompted national outrage, outrage, the facts of the the case in Lancaster are very, very different. They also have significant national repercussions. On Sunday afternoon, Lancaster police officers responded to a call regarding a domestic disturbance. On arrival, the the officer's body cam footage shows that 27-year-old a 27-year-old Ricardo Munoz emerged from a residence wielding a knife and charged the officer in a threatening manner. In a defensive action in response to the apparent assault, the officer shot, shot uh, Munoz, killing him. Yeah, 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 hold on. He runs first. He turns and runs. Later on Sunday, the Lancaster DA's office released a statement and video footage related to the incident detailing the investigation that is already underway. Following the news of the shooting, anti-police protests broke out in downtown Lancaster. Sunday evening, and in the early hours of Monday, they turned violent with numerous protesters acting destructively, building street barricades and damaging a local police station and property. Lancaster police made repeated calls for calm, later confirming they used pepper spray to help disperse the crowds that had turned violent because they don't care about you or any cause. They are there to just destroy things. While the incident in the mid-sized Pennsylvania city, may seem similar to other flare-ups of police shootings and anti-police protests across the U.S. Preliminary reports show that the facts in the Lancaster and in Lancaster are very different. First, immediately released body camera footage shows a clear threat posed to an officer by an armed individual. Second, the Lancaster city and law enforcement officials promptly responded to the incident in a measured and transparent way, opening an investigation and releasing relevant video footage. In other words. The circumstance of the death of Ricardo Munoz is not on the surface the same as George Floyd, Daniel Perdue and others. Yet the uh, the violent protests in reaction to the incident are the same as they have been in other cities like Minneapolis, Rochester and elsewhere. And that's a problem for both the Biden campaign and the broader Black Lives Matter movement leaders, who have defended anti-police protests as legitimate expressions of anger at unjust police actions. No, this was them doing everything right. Bad things happen. That's a fact. Grow up. Sometimes a guy will try to attack a cop and we don't want anyone getting hurt. It's so easy for us to say, isn't it? How many? Look, I'm sure there are some some people are going to laugh and say, well, well, you got what's coming to him. No, I'm going to say that the dude's unhinged and crazy. I don't like people dying or getting hurt, but it's not the cop's fault. What's he supposed to do? They did it clean. They, they released the footage. and I'm not talking about the shooting. That, that, that's tragic. But the cop was panicked. He was running. He was being attacked. He did what he had to do. I'm glad he's safe. But the but the city did what the, did what was asked of them by all of these people. It will not stop. Black Lives Matter isn't seeking one simple change. It is not about reform. And so long as you have a man like Joe Biden willing to negotiate with these people, you will not be safe. What's that? No, Tim, you're wrong. You do trust Joe Biden. Let me show you what Joe Biden tweeted out. He said, weapons of war have no place in our communities. We need to ban assault weapons in high capacity magazines. Okay, okay, assault weapons. Listen, man, because of the riots and the helicopters I heard near my house, I'm moving. I was trying to move for a while, but I decided to get out of just get away from these cities. Absolutely. I also decided to buy guns. And so did many other liberal Americans. I live in suburban Pennsylvania and suburban Philadelphia. This is Democrat, like 80 percent Democrat. The, 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 uh, the district I'm in is deep blue, deep blue. I went to the gun store. They sold out of ammo. They're sold out. They, they barely have they barely have inventory. They're selling everything like hotcakes. I always wondered about that. Are hotcakes, they sell fast. I don't know, whatever. But they're selling like crazy. And I'm in a blue area. I go into this store and I'm wondering, I ask, I'm like, are liberals coming in here and buy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you kidding me? Because you know what? People realize something. You know, you can't just rely on the police, especially when the police are under attack. But that's the bigger point. If people are going to attack the police from from a a procedural level and and physically attack them, well, then who's going to come and protect you? I remember during the New York riots, man, this is back in June. It's not even that long ago. There was a viral tweet from a guy who said fights were breaking out in his building and he called 911 and the inspector said, the city is under attack, sir. What would you have us do? Yeah, What you gonna do? Oh, what's that? You voted for somebody who won't allow you to arm yourself? Joe Biden now saying let's ban guns at a time when widespread riotings are sweeping across the country. And no matter what the governments do, the protesters demand more, 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 abolish, disband, uh, defund. And it's happening. 129 at last count, police departments got defunded in some capacity. Some Minneapolis, they're trying to outright abolish police but you can't own a weapon. It's beyond bad for Joe Biden. Here's what I tweeted. I wonder how this will play out considering we have record gun sales, particularly among more urban and suburban liberals. As the riots got closer to my home, I immediately went to buy guns, experienced how it works buying it, and now have completely flipped on 2A. Uh, maybe, maybe it's a little bit of an exaggeration because I was never a staunch gun control person. I was always kind of like, I think we can have a conversation about it. And I'd actually talk to some instructors. Now I'm just like, nah, shall not be infringed. Get out of my house. I'll tell you. Some, 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 uh, some people asked, what was the aha moment for you? Uh, the aha moment was when the helicopters and the sirens were outside. Were, were just were not. They, they weren't super close. It was probably several miles away. I could see the helicopters and I could hear the sirens. And I'm like, that's really close to my house, man. And I live in suburban, Pennsylvania, uh, in, in suburban Philadelphia. Lancaster is like 50, 60 miles away. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm not. I'm not too enthused right now about uh, what's going on in Lancaster because they did everything right. So what happens? What happens if somebody, some regular person, gets accused of something, and the cops do everything right? Let's say this: someone breaks into someone's house. Homeowner shoots in self-defense. The cops rush to the scene. Everyone starts freaking out. What happened? How did this guy get shot? And the cops say it was self-defense. They say lies. We want evidence they start hounding and harassing the homeowner, attacking, you know, the building. And the cops just say, just arrest the guy, give him manslaughter or something. It'll be easier. It will be easier. We've already seen it happen. This is exactly what they do. There's a video that went viral of, of Caitlin Bennett. You know her, she's gun girl. And she was down at some college and the cop said to her, you have to leave. And she's like, I didn't do anything. And they're like, well, I can't control this crowd. So you have to leave. And that's exactly how it'll play out. You think you'll be safe with Joe Biden calling for taking away your guns? No way. I would never vote for it. You know what? At this point, gun, gu- any gun control, and I'm off. I'm out. I don't care about anything else. I just know that I have seen these riots going on for the entire year. I can't rely on the police for everything. I had someone try to break into my house. Now we have all these riots. They're getting close. Nah. I went out and bought guns, and I'll tell you what. New Jersey's got insane gun laws. It's ridiculous. Now, to be completely honest, it wasn't that difficult to buy. It just took a long time. It was extremely tedious. I had to like bounce back and forth between these different. Go to this office. Go to that office. It, it, it wasn't really that difficult. It was like a day of work. Then I waited two weeks. Then I got to go in. Uh, then I got to go to the police department to get like the, the the ID card. Then I got to go to the gun store. Then I got to pick out some weapons. Then I had to wait se- like like a week or something. Yeah, it took a long time. There was a delay, and then finally I was able to have guns. Now there's like magazine capacity restrictions and and things like that. But you want to have him come out there and say weapons of war have no place in our communities. Assault weapons and high capacity magazines. Yeah, I know what he's saying. But a federal judge just ruled in California that a a, a 10 round limit is unconstitutional. So uh, Joe Biden, which side are you on? I'll tell you this. Not a staunch conservative. Actually fairly liberal. But you know what? When it comes to my personal safety, I'm not playing games. Joe, you want to go and, and, and talk about banning weapons? I just had to go buy some because the people your campaign was bailing out are threatening the safety of my community. And I'd love to just rely on the police. I can't do that anymore because the people your campaign bailed out are calling for the abolition and the defunding of these police. So you want to come out and say, I'm for funding the police. I don't care. The people who work for you and the people you negotiate are not. People you negotiate with. So, am I going to be confident with this guy coming in? Sleepy Joe? Little sleeping in his basement? No. Now he's the nerve to tweet about gun control? Are you nuts? Man. You know what's crazy about this? The tweet came after uh, a lot of people are insinuating. The tweet was trying to play up to uh, these sheriff's deputies who got shot several times. Man, this guy had a gun. We need gun control. You think gun control would have, a ma- would have stopped a maniac who wanted to go shoot cops? Are you nuts? No, I'll tell you what would have stopped that guy. One of the cops shooting back. I don't like any of it. I don't want conflict. I don't want war. But people have a right to protect themselves. And so do these officers. Gun control would not have stopped this man. He's a- he's- he tried to kill people think about how stupid this is to say this right after all this is going down. No, I'll tell you what people are probably thinking. What would I do if someone runs up to my car with a gun like they did in Provo, Utah? Like the guy who came up with the assault rifle and where, where, where was it? Austin? What am I going to do? Am I going to be in my car and a guy walks up with a rifle and I'm going to say, better call the police. Just a minute, sir. What, what, about, what about Provo? Am I going to pull up to an intersection when the mob starts banging on my car and go, just a minute, friends. I'm calling the police. I see you have a gun. Oh, I'm now I'm shot. No. People are going to say, I need to take action to protect myself from criminals. Joe Biden's lost the plot a long time ago. I don't even think he's, he's had the plot for years. But how stupid do you have to be to, at a time when we're seeing record gun sales? Guns and ammo are sold out. And you come out saying, we must ban these weapons. You mean the weapons everybody just bought? You mean the weapons I just went out and bought? Now you're saying you want to ban all? Get out of here, dude. I'm not going to rely on you for my safety. Because these people don't care. About the cause, they're pretending, they're lying, they're not protesting police brutality. They just want to burn things down, and that's why even after Lancaster did everything right, we know this cop was put in a difficult position, and had to fight for his life, and I I, I, I doubt he's happy about having to shoot somebody, and the, and the chaos that's ensuing from it. But look what they look what they do. There's nothing you can do. There is no right way to do it because they will riot no matter what. And if they riot no matter what, then I want to make sure I can protect myself because the police won't make it here when the riot breaks out. Did anyone expect Lancaster PA would be the next site of major riots? I didn't. And it's, it's really close. And it's not as close as the riots were before. You know, when the riots hit Philadelphia, I could, I could hear the sirens because they crossed the bridge and they came into the suburbs where I'm at. And it was funny. It was really funny. I had a conversation with some family members way out in the far west suburbs of Chicago saying the rioters came out there, too. And then I saw in the press, they said Trump is lying. The rioters aren't coming to the suburbs. And I said, are you kidding me? I went out my deck and I heard the sirens. I could see the helicopters only a couple miles away. I have no idea why they came out here. They did. What am I supposed to do? Vote for a guy who's going to take my weapons away. So what? I can just sit here. Guess I'll die. Yes. Yes, that's exactly it. Think about what they're saying with the cop. Like I said, early on, the cops got to show up. The guy comes out with a knife and you better not do anything. The cops are just, oh, here's my throat. You know, I just, just guess I'll die. What about me in the suburbs? When you told me they weren't coming to the suburbs and they did. And then my family calls me and they're freaking out. What, what, what are we supposed to do? Oh, the rioters here. I, I, I guess we're all going to die. Everybody. All right. Just, just, you know, lay down, make it quick. No, these people are, are nuts. Joe Biden. This is crazy. I can't believe you'd post this stuff, but I don't know if it's getting through to people. There's like two different worlds going on right now. In one world, you have regular people freaking out because of riots. In another, they're freaking out because Trump said naughty words. I don't care. Trump could literally say every single out of dictionary of cuss words and racial slurs and put his glasses on and read through them and actually point to people and be like, you, you're a, you're a fat pig and, and you. And I'd be like, I don't care. I'm not voting for Biden. He could say all those things. And I will say, listen, I obviously don't like the, like the man's rhetoric. I've already said it a million times. But what position, what, what, what am I supposed to do? Trump's the only one calling for ending the riots. I don't know, but I'll, t- I'll tell you what, you know, all said and done, you know, what gets me more for Trump. He's peace agreements, man. This stuff, my personal safety, I can take care of myself. I want to make sure this country is doing right by people uh, around the world and our, and, and, and our own citizens. And I know a lot of people might think I am. I'm not a staunch nationalist. My concern over foreign policy are the failures of the U.S. And the, and the actions we take against other people. So I think we can do better. I think Trump is doing better. And I think Joe Biden's nuts to suggest banning weapons right now. How absurd. They're going to keep riding for things like this. This is the new normal. So you need to protect yourself. They're riding for a man who's, who's running, screaming at a cop. How insane. What more can I say? I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and I will see you all then. In a video taken just after two L.A. sheriff's deputies were brutally ambushed and shot several times, putting them in critical condition requiring surgery, a man filmed himself laughing and smiling as all of this went down. Didn't really seem to care that someone just ran up and committed an act of terror against the police. A lot of people are making a big deal about this video, saying it's inappropriate. Look at this guy. I mean, we got a Daily Mail story. They show clips of this guy laughing. He's a regular guy. All right. I don't think we need to drag him through the mud or show his face because he was just some dude who happened to be filming there. But you know what? I got to tell you, I actually appreciate that he filmed himself doing this. You know why? Because we can see now the sentiment among even regular people that is spreading across this country is anti-cop, pro-terror, and they laugh. In the face of this kind of violence and insanity, these are these these are uh, Democrat-run cities. This is uh, you know L.A. County. Now I'm not going to drag drag this guy over his horrible opinions or whatever and show his face. I'm going to highlight that it extends into government and to act like this is some rare occurrence that people don't really don't really want this. Oh please, what do they write on the walls? cab. We know that there are there are individuals. We know that there are people in government, individuals like regular people, there are people in government that like seeing people get hurt, that love it, that laugh about it. That's why they go out and riot any given opportunity. They just hate. That's it. Now, of course, this is hurting Joe Biden quite a bit. So naturally, the media is starting to play the game. Oh, no. Oh, heavens. Violent memes and messages surging on far left social media. A new report finds Are you kidding me, dude? I once posted a clip. It was like a a, a forum where someone said, hey, make sure you bring your gun to the rally. And they accused me of laundering information. I was like, all I did was highlight an anarchist forum where they were like, we're bringing guns. What am I supposed to do? Say nothing? What if they did bring guns and people are like, yo, you knew they were playing this. You didn't say anything. What what, what am I supposed to do? They say it was just one guy, Tim. And that's what we get. Couple, couple cops. Uh, they survived, and I, I'm really happy to hear it. And I, I hope they, they they pull through. There's been photos released. It's shocking and horrifying. But the media is starting to realize just how bad things are. Specifically because, oh, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let me let me rephrase that. They're starting to realize how bad things are for Joe Biden. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, we we don't, we don't, we're not about this. We're not about this. What about this guy? L.A. County City Manager sparks outrage with Instagram posts saying, quote chickens come home to roost over a picture of Malcolm X after two cops were shot in an ambush in Compton. Yo, dude, not OK. You see, here's what we get. Here's what we get. A regular guy in the street filming himself laughing and smiling. Yo, ha, ha, ha you know, and I think it's I think it's horrifying that people feel this way. But then you get this. Now, this this Linwood city manager, Jose Omi Teodol, I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong shared his thoughts about the shooting and justice for people killed by police on his personal Instagram page. This is scary for several reasons. Take a look at what just happened in Lancaster over in Pennsylvania. You had a guy storm out of the front door, waving a knife, screaming, and the cop runs, turns, fires several times, killing the man. It's a nightmarish tragedy. And they went out and rioted for it. This guy's not going to look into why that is. Many people on the left aren't going to look into, nor do they care They've already started making excuses. My favorite excuse so far is the the, the cop should have just accepted his fate. I, I'm not kidding. It's like they're like police. No, they're entering the line of duty, risking ri- duty, risking their lives. They should not be executioners. It's like you, you, you what? <laughs> Dude was chasing him with a knife. I don't care who he is or what he's doing. He's not the aggressor. And here's what we get. Even even politicians, local politicians this is L.A. County are willing to blame the cops. He says, you know, to be fair, the guy says in his Instagram post before, you know, he posts a picture of saying chicken comes home to come home to roost. And then he's like, you know, the shooting's bad. But and that's the important part. You see what we're seeing from these politicians and what we see from these forums and now the media is that they're all too willing to accept this, but they're slowly pushing the line to see what they can get away with. So you get one guy randomly. He doesn't care. He can scream and he can say. Could, let, let me tell you something. What do you think would happen if a regular guy was filming the George Floyd incident and he started laughing, like, "Yo, they just put that dude down, ha ha ha"? What do you think would happen to that guy, showing his face? They come for his job. They come for his family. He'd get kicked off the internet. They'd ban him. They'd tear him apart. This guy, this other guy, regular guy, can laugh and 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 be like, "Yo, they killed this guy." I'm not all about that cancel culture stuff. That's why I'm not going to show his face. I'm just going to let you know this video is going around, and uh, and and I'm glad that we get we get the the mask coming off of many of these the, even regular people in these cities who are cheering for this. What about this guy? This guy's going to get away with this? Look, I don't care if he said I know the shooting is bad. He had the word you know. He, he, well, I'm not saying literally, but he 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 did the you know. It's the, I'm am I'm, I'm saying the shooting is bad, but chickens come home to roost. Here's what here's here's the story. Los Angeles County city manager sparked outrage after posting a photo of Malcolm X and, and reading chickens come home to roost following the ambush shooting of two Los Angeles police officers. The L.A. County Sheriff's Department deputies. We know their story. It's a 31 year old mother of a six year old boy. The other 24 year old man were shot inside their police vehicle at the Metro Blue Line station at Willowbrook Avenue and Oak Street in Compton, Los Angeles, by a male suspect who then fled the scene. I say both officers were shot in the head and are said to be in stable condition. I am glad to hear it. I'm sorry this happened to them. On Sunday, Linwood, California city manager Jose Omeziotl took to his personal Instagram account to post his thoughts about the shooting. He shared a meme of Malcolm X, which read chickens come home to roost. And there it is. Now the full post says the shooting of anyone is a wholly unacceptable occurrence in society. I do not condone the type of violence seen in the uh, the shooting of deputies yesterday in Compton. But he went on to discuss what he called deputy gangs that operated in the neighborhood and distinguishing between good and bad deputies. I will say that communities like Compton have been plagued by deputy gangs that inflict fear. Oh, I get it. I'm not racist, but I think shootings are wrong. But I will say these communities are plagued by deputy gangs that inflict fear and violence in the community. So what? I don't care. The appropriate response is to take it to the federal level to weed out corruption, not to have some dude run up with a gun and start shooting into the vehicle. But I tell you what, when you see these people laughing, the problem is worse than you know. Antifa. We, we talk about Antifa all the time. These are the people who are trained, who have organizational uh, uh, you know, prowess. They know what they're doing. They know what the goal is. They know who they're going after. They know how to organize people. But what happens when you have the media? You end up with this. See, I'll tell you what, man. I'm sad to see this guy say these things. I'm sad to see the other guy laughing at this. It's not funny, dude. I don't I don't I wouldn't laugh at suffering. I I, I get it. There's some, you know, jokes and and facetious uh, uh, or, you know, joking schadenfreude. Is that how you pronounce it? the idea that you take pleasure in the suffering of others. This is ridiculous. Okay, we don't want anybody getting shot. I don't want to see George Floyd hurt. I don't want to see Jacob Blake hurt. I don't even want to see this guy, Ricardo, uh, uh, I think it's Munoz, maybe I'm getting his name wrong, who ran out in Lancaster with a knife. I don't want to see him get hurt either. But guess what, dude, you run out with a knife screaming. What do you expect to happen? Like, what what could any of us do? I'm just, I'm just sad that it had to happen. And I don't blame the cop at all. In fact, I blame the dude with the knife. But I still don't want to see people getting hurt. These people do. They love it. They laugh at it. They revel in it. It's it's messed up, man. And I blame the media. I completely blame the media. This guy coming out and, and doing this. butt. now, look, fine. If you want to highlight uh, uh, police problems, and all that stuff. Sure. But why would you post the chickens come home to roost? He finishes post the demand for justice for people killed by police. Are you kidding me? No. The fact that someone randomly opened fire on deputies is to be expected to in the society we live in today. Ah, and there it is. The part and parcel moment. That's the famous line from Sadiq Khan of London, who said, part of living in a big city. All right, he says, uh, you know, like these terror incidents are part and parcel of living in a big city and blah, blah, blah. I think a lot of people took that line a little bit further than he was actually trying to imply. He was trying to say that you got a lot of people, and there's a lot of security risks, but I still, I'm still not a fan. And now it's become a meme. Here we go. He says, the fact that someone randomly opened fire is part and parcel of living in a society like today. Oh, shut up. You know what's happening is that the media has ignored the problem for too long. They've propped up video after video after video of nothing but police brutality. They have created an, an, an entertainment industry out of it. Websites solely dedicated to taking the bad instances and turning it into profit. I love when people say, but don't you don't you do the same, Tim? I'll call out everybody. I call it the bad cops. I remember when the George Floyd thing happened. I did. A, I posted a link to a fundraiser for that guy uh, who his biz his sports bar got burned down, and someone responded, "All you care about is you know business. You don't care about the lives of these people." And and it was real. It was really funny because he was like, "I don't see you posting links or making videos about George Floyd," and then everyone started spamming comments. They're like, "Uh, here's like five of his videos where he's condemning." The actions against George Floyd. I'm not saying that to brag or, or to like, you know, assert my morality, moral superiority or anything like that. I'm, I'm, I'm highlighting the point that we can have rational conversations about who goes over the top, what's right and what's wrong. But the media does not do that. And when I say the media, I know I'm a member of the media. I have a very popular show and all that stuff. I get it. I get it. What I'm trying to say is large and powerful corporations selectively they 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 strategize around what to show and what not to show. What ends up happening is you get an LA a, a, an LA County city manager being like, "This is expected. To, expected to for what, man? 375 million interactions with police. How many lethal instances did we get? According to the Washington Post, I think the number is depending on who you ask. Between like, I think it's like 13." I think 13 unarmed black men were shot and killed by police in the past year. Washington Post, 375 million interactions. I don't know the exact numbers, but that was a number cited by the, uh, the, the Sergeant's Benevolent Association of, uh, of New York. That's the number they gave. And maybe they're biased, maybe they're wrong. Fine. But listen, I know for the most part, most interactions I have with cops, like the overall majority, are, are annoying getting a ticket, getting a warning, getting cited. Yeah, well, that's, you know, that's part and parcel of living in a big city that you'll sometimes get pulled over if you're speeding. And sometimes it's incorrect because we're humans. We're not perfect. Take a look at this story. Violent memes and messages surging on far left social media, a new report finds. Such images have surged, raising once again Whether social media companies can keep up with the threats on on their platforms. Oh, I absolutely love it. You see, they're coming for whoever is a threat to their uh, sad, frumpy old neoliberal man, Joe Biden. Oh, sleepy, creepy Joe. You see, at first there were concerns. How did Donald Trump get elected? And so they went after independent commentary on YouTube. And it wasn't just right wing. They claimed it was. They claimed it was the far right rabbit hole. Ooh, and they put Joe Rogan in that. Oh, shut up. Joe Rogan, far right. Yeah, right. It's a better better way to phrase it. They put me in that. They put Dave Rubin in that. They put Jordan Peterson. Uh, the funny thing about Jordan Peterson is his politics are very much based on are, are based on personal like ideology and principle and less on politics as a whole. I mean, he's Canadian, for, you, know, in, you know, for instance, but that's still that's that's still the narrative. The far right rabbit hole. Oh, we got to shut it down. And it resulted in a lot of negative impacts on a lot of people. Well, now who's hurting Joe Biden? Who's hurting the Democratic establishment? Why? It's the far left who were given a free pass the whole time. Oh, remember when I was on the Joe Rogan podcast with Jack Dorsey, and Vijay got it, And I said, take a look at this tweet where the person is calling for violence and organizing. And they went, uh, mm, er." What about now? It's almost—it's—it's it's like every day Andy Ngo posts a tweet from a far leftist organizing violence, and they didn't care. You know why? Because early on, Black Lives Matter was good for the Democrats. That's right. You see, according to civics, just before the George Floyd incident, they were at 17% net support, meaning, you know, uh, it's net support. So they, they lean towards, it leans towards favorable 17, 70 points. After the George Floyd incident, It spiked to 25%. And the Democrats saw this and they said, ooh, this is good, good news for us. You see, Donald Trump's been polling really well in the black community. They needed an issue. They found one, but then riots erupted and they ignored it. And they allowed these people to keep posting, keep advocating for violence because they didn't realize how bad it was getting. And I think they were hoping If we just wait it out, it will go away. The people will get bored and we will retain a massive bump in support because we supported Black Lives Matter. Now their net support is down six points. Black Lives Matter. And that that's hurting the Democrats. People are starting to say, hey, I don't like watching a video where a dude is laughing about two cops getting ambushed and shot several times. Regular Americans don't like waking up to hearing that two cops sitting in their car just got got nearly executed. I mean, there was an execution. I mentioned it back in 2014 in front of my house, just about a half a block down. I look out the window. There it was the end of the street. That was an execution Two cops. You think people like waking up to hearing that do you Do you think people like waking up to seeing these like pathetic statements from Joe Biden after his campaign staff bailed these people out after they painted Black Lives Matter in the streets? Well, now what's happening is the media is finally realizing it. See, Donald Trump isn't really running against Biden. He's running against the establishment. And that includes the media apparatus. And because the far left is becoming bad news for them, they need to take action. So now here comes the hit pieces. The Washington Post says months of civil unrest have coincided with a dramatic rise in social media posts critical of police that sometimes are laced with violent themes, including calls to destroy property and attack officers, according to research released Monday morning. The report by the Network Contagion Research Institute, which previously had studied right wing violence from groups such as the Boogaloo Boys, warns that some left wing groups have embraced similar social media tactics, including memes and humorous catchphrases to spread their messages and possibly help coordinate, coordinate offline activity. The researchers pointed to possible signs of such coordination associated with riots in Seattle, Portland, Portland, and other cities on July 25th involving fires, looting, and property damage. The report acknowledges that left-wing political actors, including those who embrace the Antifa movement, have been responsible for far less violence than white supremacists and other right-wing ones, a finding consistent with the conclusion of law enforcement and other threat analysts. I'm going to stop right there. You see, what they do is, They'll say that a regular person punching a Trump supporter in the mouth doesn't constitute far left violence because it was a regular person. You see, as the media has normalized far left extremism and violence as normal, they ignore bulk, the bulk of it and say, but the far right, excuse me, is much, much worse. I don't care. I don't care who's worse. Not an argument. I tell you what, address the extremists and we'll have a conversation about it. But simply saying over and over again, but the right is worse. Okay, we know the left is, but the right is worse. You see how perfect this is for them. Here's what they're trying to do: they're trying to make you scared of Trump by saying the right is worse. The right is way more violent. All these people that Donald Trump disavows—they're they're the worst. But the far left is bad too. We gotta condemn them, you know. Otherwise, people might not vote for Joe Biden. The researchers found the growing use of memes a worrying sign and argue that the spread of dehumanizing rhetoric on the left could set the stage for more serious incidents by what the report called network-enabled mobs. Amazing. It drew particular attention to the growing use of slogans, many of them profane, such as ACAB. And this one stands for, I can't say this word on on YouTube, so we'll just call it, all cops are uh, uh, the children of single mothers. I think I think that's what it means. <laughs> that has it's the it's the B word that have spread extensively in online conversations, while also increasingly appearing in graffiti on government buildings. Oh no no no! I think that means they were born to parents out of wedlock. Is that what that word? I think that's yeah yeah. They weren't the parents weren't married. Some memes that spread on social media depict police officers being shot or their vehicles burned. One post from a left-wing group cited by the report called for the use of laser pointers to obstruct surveillance and the lighting of fires at police barricades. Another post urged people to use 3D printers to make guns that can't be traced by authorities. I love it. It took them this long. I don't buy it. Now they knew about it because we've seen these people. We've seen Antifa organizing. We've seen them using online forums. We know they do this because they've been doing this for a long time, but the media ignored it because they didn't want to hurt They're old neoliberal sleepy man. We don't want Joe Biden to get hurt. It's not just Biden. It's the establishment, to be fair. They didn't want it to impact Clinton either. But these riots have been going on for a really long time. The left has been organizing this way forever since the inception of Internet. None of this is new. I hear about these memes and these stories, and I'm like, "Uh, that's kind of normal for the far left. So why did you ignore it until it got this bad? Why is it that everyone kept saying, fine, if you're going to ban the far right, ban the far left? I mean, preferably the pe- people are allowed their free speech. Why did it take this long? I think it's obvious. The riots won't stop. The riots are not stopping and it's hurting Joe Biden and it is helping Donald Trump. What's really funny is how people try to frame this as though it's, it's like you're helping Trump stop. It's like, well, hold, hold on. Is it that Trump is right and these people are insane? Huh? Glenn Greenwald in a shocking tweet for me, he said that these liberal resistance people have been spending the past several years trying to convince you of two things. One, that everybody who supports Trump or is on the right is a fascist and that Trump is compromised by the Russians. He said, I ponder what their, uh, what, what their governance will look like should they be elected, something to that effect. And I have to agree. They would allow the far left to burn, loot and murder so long as it didn't hurt their chances. Once it negatively impacted them, they throw them under the bus. They don't care for the right because they're not the right. But heaven forbid these people actually gain power. That has me worried. But that'll be the next segment. You see, there are fears that the Democrats will not stop. They are doing everything in their power. I think it's fair to say they're cheating. I mean, it, look, it, listen, my personal assessment, just my personal feelings on this. They have done so much to compromise the integrity of the election. Republicans have resisted. I can only assume it's to cheat. And the media, it's, it's, it's Trump versus the media, to be honest. And the media is a strong, strong element of the establishment. It really is. Do you support the establishment or do you support Trump? I don't care for the establishment. That includes Republicans and Democrats. And I think Trump's got a lot of problems. And it makes me, that, that kind of make me angry. But three historic peace deals, withdrawing troops in the Middle East, calling out uh, the, the violence. I got to admit, man, I'll take the win when I see it, even if it means it comes in a nasty package. You know, we got we got Joe Biden, who is just awful in every way. And you got Donald Trump. It's pretty bad, too. But Donald Trump has done enough good, as far as I'm concerned, to get me over that bad packaging. That's what I was referring to. I think Trump has done great. I really do. I can't speak. Uh, I think COVID, he did the best he could. They blamed him for it. That's ridiculous. Not, no one had it right. The economy was doing really, really well. He made a lot of mistakes in the first several years, a lot. I mean, like firing missiles on Syria is an easy example, drone strikes, easy example, commando rates. But things are changing and I like it. And I think people like Glenn Greenwald have noticed it as well. Anyway, here's the point, not to just end off on a Donald Trump thing again. This story from the Washington Post shows that so long as the left starts to hurt Joe Biden and help Trump, they're going to start turning on the far left as well. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash TimCast. It is a different channel, and I will see you all then. Joe Rogan is a madman. Tim Kennedy tweets on my podcast with Joe Rogan. He offered to moderate a debate between Joe Biden and real Donald Trump. It would be four hours with no live audience, just the two candidates, cameras, and their vision of how to move this country forward. Who wants this? I do. I definitely do. Joe Biden will never do it. I don't think Joe Biden will do it. But guess what? Guess who will? Donald Trump responded to Tim Kennedy. I do. I love the Internet era. You know why Donald Trump is refreshing as much as I can complain and I do about his demeanor. I just like authenticity. I like feeling like I know what's really going on for too long. Everything was plastic. And Joe Biden and the Democrats and the establishment are still plastic. Joe Rogan's show is not plastic. It's it feels real. I mean, let's be real. You got, you know, you, you often have Joe who's very wealthy, might not be in touch with a lot of regular people. I'm not saying that to, be, to, to be disrespectful, but he's a really rich guy and he's having conversations, but it, it still feels legit like Joe is a regular guy. I just bring up the money thing because it's the go to critique the left has. And I think it's fair. When you start making a certain amount of money, you might lose touch with what, say, like a carpenter is doing. But through through all of that criticism, the Joe Rogan podcast, it's like regular people having a conversation and you you learn and you explore. And I think this would be absolutely fantastic. I'd love to just see Donald Trump on Joe Rogan's podcast. But Joe made the offer because Joe was a madman. And Donald Trump accepts the New York Post reports Trump on Monday jumped on an offer from mixed martial arts commentator and Spotify podcast host Joe Rogan to moderate a four hour debate. Rogan and Kennedy were discussing the debate Sunday on the podcast Joe Rogan Experience. Rogan said that to avoid the bias in the media, he'd be happy to moderate a debate between Biden and Trump. Quote, first of all, I want no one else in the room, just the three of us, and you'd have to stream it live so no one can edit it. And I would want them to be in there for hours, Rogan said. If they wanted to do that, they both wanted to come here in Austin and sit down and have a debate. I would 100% do it. We need to make this happen. Donald Trump has said yes. Okay, at the very least, we need a pressure campaign on Joe Biden. So what do we got to do? Hashtag Joe Biden. Go on Rogan with Trump or whatever. I don't know. You guys come up with something. I have no idea. All I know is I want it to happen. Joe's made the offer. Trump said yes. Biden, where you at? Come on over. Here's a quote. But I don't think that Biden can handle it. I think Biden is like I think he's I mean, people get mad at me for saying this. I think there's something wrong. (laughs) I don't think and I don't think there's something wrong because I'm guessing or because I'm pro Trump. I've seen him fall apart. Rogan said the two candidates have agreed to three debates with the moderators selected by the Commission on Presidential Debates. The first debate will be held September 29th in Cleveland, the second October 15th in Miami, and the third October 22nd in Nashville. The moderators are Kristen Welker of NBC News, Steve Scully, the political editor of C-SPAN, and Chris Wallace from Fox News. I'd love to see it happen, man. I want to make it happen. What do we got to do to make it happen? Because I tell you this, it's probably not going to happen. And I think Joe recognizes this. Now, right away, Joe being critical of Joe Joe Rogan being critical of Biden. I'll use their last names is already going to sour this because you've seen the clips from Joe Rogan before. And and one of the most notorious and one of the most epic analogies ever given is that Joe Biden, like voting for Joe Biden would be like taking a flashlight with flashlight with dying batteries and going on a long hike in the woods. (laughs) It's not going to work out. And I think that's absolutely apt. Now, Rogan, having said this, why would Joe Biden want to do it? I mean, listen, it's already hard enough to get Joe Biden to pop his head out from his little basement. But is he going to come on a show? I mean, to be fair, Rogan has been very critical of Trump. And I think, to be honest, I, I wouldn't necessarily say equally, but on par in some respects. Joe uh, Rogan has had people on his podcast who have straight up said that Trump is not viable, is unfit and things of that nature. In which case, I think this would be the best presidential debate we have ever seen. Because think about it now. I'll say this. You'll have a regular conversation. You'll have Trump saying his thing. But you'll also have Joe fact checking in real time. How about that? And I think that can make that can be bad news for Trump. So it's a good it's a good reason why Joe Biden might want to consider doing this. But I got bad news for you. all I got bad news for you. all Sam Stein. Sam is the Daily Beast. He he does uh, he works for the Daily Beast MSNBC newsletter. Uh, according to his Twitter bio, he says this. ABC notes that while Trump agreed to do a town hall, it was unable to find a date to do one with Biden. Whatever one thinks of the candidates, Biden's reluctance to do more media is wrong, especially because it's one of the few mediums for voters to see question him during COVID. Sam goes on to say, and yes, he's doing a CNN event tonight. But if you think Biden has been widely available to the media, then you're deluding yourself. He said, sorry, Thursday, I'm tweeting while on hold for 50 minutes now with Xfinity. And Matthew Iglesias says, why is it wrong? Some others said uh, he's Sam Stein is repeating Trump's campaign meme about Joe not going out in public. Welcome to 2016. But her emails young Americans for Biden. Look at this young America, young America for Biden and Harris. Is that a joke? said he's doing a CNN town hall on Thursday, Sam. Sounds like a disgruntled reporter whining he hasn't gotten an interview. Joe Biden may be doing an interview, okay? But it sounds like a reporter accurately calling out ABC is trying to get Biden and Biden limits his press. You know, when Biden goes out, you know, he does, he goes to these rooms and he stands at a podium and there's like four people in front of him. It's like I think they're doing this on purpose because they know no one's actually going to show up. There was one event where one guy, one guy showed up for Biden. One, one. Have you seen the Trump videos of the people running in full speed, screaming and yelling and they're dancing? Man, people love Donald Trump. They love this guy. You know why? That's what I was saying earlier about plastic. Joe Biden is not only a plastic politician. He's a he's a tired plastic politician. How long has this guy been in office? 47 years. I hate it. I hate it. I'm sorry, man. You know, I was thinking about this debate thing, this this, you know, Joe Biden and 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 um and Donald Trump on Rogan. And I just realized, look, they give they give Joe a teleprompter. He'll never do this. But also, you're asking someone to step into an into an arena that they've they've never even they don't even understand. I remember that video. There's a video of like Hillary Clinton And she's speaking to a crowd in Alabama or something, and she puts on a southern drawl, like twang or whatever. She's like, you know, when I come down to Alabama, and people are like, yo, we know what you sound like, Hillary. (laughs) You do interviews all the time. You don't have, you don't have a dial, a southern dialect. What are you doing? What she was doing was lying. Because the politicians like her and Biden come from a generation without the internet. They don't understand the internet. They don't understand why they would sit down and have these conversations. It it, it would not work out. It wouldn't. I got to say, though, I got to say, Joe Biden might do it. He might. So we got to mount that pressure campaign. We we got to figure out how to get him to do it. Because I'll tell you what, it would be the most watched thing ever. No joke. We got to make this happen. I I don't know how to make it happen. But think about it. This would probably be the highest rated thing ever in, in 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 television broadcast history. I'm not even messing around ever. I know, I'm thinking about like the moon landing and stuff. I you're going to have every Biden person, every Trump person. There's not very many there's not very many Biden people. You're going to have all the Trump people and all the anti-Trump people and the little tiny bit of Biden Biden people and everyone else in between wanting to hear a real conversation moderated between two political uh, opponents whatever happens now i i demand that that moving forward 2024 we get an actual raw sit down unedited conversation raw you know the problem is with these these debates they're not really debates they'll be like mr trump here's a question that makes you look bad you have 10 seconds and then Trump will be like, "Oh, come on. 10 seconds. Time's up. Bam. Biden, can you answer? You have 5 minutes." And then Biden goes off. I know it's not really that bad. But we've seen what happened to the DNC. Remember when they cut off Yang's microphone? Do you remember that? He's mouthing words, but no sound was coming out. And here's my favorite joke. You have any idea what Donald Trump would do if they cut his mic off? I would love to see it. Cuz he's going to make the podium and he's, you're going to see him going like this, like mouthing and like doing his finger and, you know, talking. And then he's going to look down and look confused. And he's going to lean over and grab someone else's mic. Excuse me. Excuse me. My microphone is not working. I'm trying. No, no, no. The microphone, it would be incredible. But that that attitude, that Trump grabbing the mic and being like, no. That's why people like him. He won't be pushed around by this plastic establishment. And what I, what I mean by plastic is like it's, it's it's like it fits the mold. It's it's the establishment. It's just the archaic, rigid, fake, boring. Every single time you see a press release from a politician or a corporation, you know exactly what they're going to say. We are so sorry for this, that and this. And we don't blah, 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 blah. Now, I want to hear I want to hear truth. I want to hear at least as close as we can get to it. You ask Donald Trump a question. What about the you know, this nuclear missile and that nuclear missile? And Trump just goes, you know, there's some things I can't talk about. I'm just trying to be real with you. Uh Top secret confidential stuff. I can only say certain things. Unfortunately, I just it's the best I can do. It's like, oh, okay, I understand that. Not none of this canned garbage response. Alright, alright, all right, all right. I'm excited. Can we can we start a hashtag or something? Can people just start tweeting about it? Make get Joe get Joe Biden. Come on. <laughs> get him. Alright, alright, all right. I'll leave it there. I got a couple more segments coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I'll see you all shortly. Former fans of the NFL have had enough. The social justice, the politics is not what sports is supposed to be about. I read this great article by Jason Whitlock. It was it was great. It said sports unified us. It brought us together. You didn't need to talk about policy. You just talked about that guy he threw that ball and then he ran and then he ran past that thing and then he won. Woo. That was it. It was unifying. It was simple. I'm, I'm exaggerating sports, but we could all sit down and just watch it. And we would have silly mock rivalry like, oh, your team's no good. My team's better. But at the end, you'd, yeah, sometimes people would fight. But you'd have a beer. You have pizza. Well, then they brought politics into it. The first thing I want to talk about before I get into all these examples of former fans of the NFL, like torching flags and stuff. Look at Mr. Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick takes aim at NFL propaganda. That's right. He calls what the NFL is doing propaganda. Aww. They didn't sign you, and now they're engaging in the protest? You must feel real left out. You got FOMO. No, his grift. They, they, they picked it up for him. And now what's his value? Kaepernick kneeled. Congratulations. He, made, he was an average quarterback according to a bunch of outlets. I don't know much about football. That's what they said. Nobody wants to sign him. Nobody wants to hire him. And then uh, he does this activism thing. Now he's got a massive contract with Nike, and he's rich. Congratulations, buddy. You made it. But guess what? His thing? ain't his thing anymore. Because the NFL is engaging in mass protests now. Look at them all standing together in unity for Black Lives Matter, taking a knee, everybody. Sorry, Cape, 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 Capernick? whatever. You don't matter. You don't matter anymore. You're out. The league has adopted what you told them to do, and you have no right to call it propaganda. They're doing what you wanted them to do. Oh, but is he calling it propaganda? Because uh, it's not him. That's right. They could have signed him. That would have been the true gesture to give him money, right? Now that they're all taking the knee and agreeing with you, you call it propaganda. I love this timeline. Well, here's the real story. NFL fans express their anger at the politicization of the league as teams kneel for the anthem or stay in locker rooms to support Black Lives Matter on first Sunday, while Colin Kaepernick slams the NFL for propaganda. Poor baby. With much of the league opening the season in empty stadiums amid the pandemic, on Sunday, players knelt, locked arms, raised fists, or stayed off the field entirely as the Star-Spangled Banner and the Black Anthem lift every voice and sing played before kickoffs. Let the NFL go. Let it go. I'm not a fan of the NFL. Never really was. So they're not really losing anything from me. But if you found your if you were a fan in the past, you should say bye bye today. It's it's done. OK, you can't let them do this. You need to stand up for what you believe in. And I'll tell you what, the star spangled banner, America, that unified us. We were Americans. We are Americans. And I can stand side by side with anybody of any background from any country. They come here. They're an American. We can stand together. And we can stand together as humans, too. I think that's a unifying principle as well. But in America, we have something many countries don't. We actually have equality under the law. And now they wish to take it away and desecrate or insult the flag. Look, you want to take a knee during the Star Spangled Banner. I actually I I think it's funny that when Kaepernick first did this, it was it was viewed as a sign of disrespect because I view it as a sign of fealty. You're 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 bending the knee. You know what I mean? But I guess what they're really doing is bending the knee to the ideology that hates the flag. And that's what they're doing now. And that's why they're now playing lift every voice and sing. Dude, the American flag is for everyone. Everyone. It's funny that they had to make something special. They say that the gesture has provoked strong feelings among a segment of fans who were already unhappy when players knelt for the for the national anthem, which started when former San Francisco 49er quarterback Kaepernick first took a knee in 2016. The issue has since been further aggravated after the NFL said they would add lift every voice and sing before all opening games of the 2020 season. Oh, cringe. It is so cringy. This is this is so ridiculous. NFL is a total S show with their crossing over into politics and social justice. Nobody wants to see that s Roger Goodell and your ratings will soon prove that exactly to be true. Dumb A. (laughs) All right. The NFL is done. End racism is written at the NFL end zone. WTF is the scenario where a racist sees that and addresses his issues. That's just the laziest performative BS. Scumbags NFL kneel for the anthem. F the Ravens, no more fan. Here's a quote. I think the NFL is taking a big misstep in making their products not about the game of football and making it about the political agendas of some of its players. Green Bay Packers fan Andy Dufresne of Marinette, Wisconsin said to the Green Bay Press-Gazette, the proof is in the pudding and the pudding they are about to serve up is not going to taste very good to a lot of loyal fans. In a recent poll by the Washington Post, 56%, excuse me, 56% of Americans said they believed it to be appropriate for athletes to kneel during the national anthem with 42% saying it was inappropriate. You can see they're raising the fist. See, you know, you know the issue I take with the fist is when they raise the fist fingers forward, it's actually what the, it's actually used by communists. The fingers together show strength, right? That's why I, they're, 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 what they're doing is, you know, it's essentially far left. It's literal. It's literally far left. They say on Sunday, NFL fans on Twitter expressed their upset at what they had been witnessing in stadiums across the country. Many were unhappy at the apparent crossover of politics and social justice into the game. And I read some of these already. One Denver Broncos fan posted a video of himself setting fire to his Denver Broncos flag. Loved watching my Broncos, but I love my country more to hell with the NFL and players. God bless our troops and God bless America. And there you go. This dude right here wearing a Trump hat, pouring the Broncos flag, put on a grill, splashing it up with some lighter fluid, and he let her rip. Now, this is very different from what we saw when Kaepernick first took a knee. A lot of people were saying, well, actually, it's it's similar in a sense. They're destroying their 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 fan symbols. That's important. When it was funny when people were like lighting their shoes on fire. It's like, dude, those are shoes. You wear them. You know what I mean? But now we can see that people are saying, "I look, they already own the product." I do think it's kind of silly to destroy a functional product like a shoe or something. This is a flag. This Broncos flag represents the team. Burning it, okay, that makes sense to me. Even if he bought it to burn, because the leftist does it with the leftists do it with American flags too. You want to burn a flag? By all means, I get it. It's a symbol. Well, there you go. USA greater than NFL. Love my country more. God bless our troops and God bless America. This guy tweeted, I was watching the Pats-Fins game. All was well, that is, until the sideline reporters started talking about social injustice and Black Lives Matter. That's when I tuned out. Keep politics out of sports, please. This guy said, I see the players stood for the Black Anthem, whatever it is, and knelt for our national anthem, only real one. So if hope never, Hear it in person. I know what I will kneel. I know that I will kneel to the Black Anthem. Wow, isn't that crazy? Putting Black Lives. I'm just so sick of all of this. These disgusting, vile, disgusting people. This is look. You want to support a cause? I get it. This is corporatism. This is literally what they've been describing as blackwashing, or, or or and then there's like rainbow washing. The idea is. They're trying to pretend to care. It's sickening. It's vile. You would kneel for the national anthem. Why? For no real reason. You don't care about the cause or the ideology. You just want to pretend like you care about something popular in the media. You know what? I hope all of the fans, who are all of the people who don't like this, you need to stand up and say no. Say no. Call them. Tell them you're out. I, you know I'm not a fan of this, and we'll see how this plays out when it starts. When, when this psychosis starts entering skateboarding, because I'm a skateboard person, man, and I've already seen the signs of the stupid, the, the the stupid ideology. But I'll tell you what I've been really surprised by: a lot of skateboarders seem to be red pilled for back of, for for lack of a better term, red pilled. I've seen some posts from some skateboarders, and I'm just like, wow. Because you know what? Some people recognize, especially here's the thing about skateboarders. We travel all over the world. When when skateboarders get the chance to, they travel, they want to sightsee, they want to skate, they want to explore, find new things. You go to these other countries, you realize how great it is here in America. You realize we got problems. But if you're a regular, rational, libertarian type person who wants to be left alone, you don't support this. This is what they they don't understand. They are putting up a, a, a message of authoritarianism, Psychotic, racist, authoritarianism, and I think it's disgusting. That the people who promote this stuff are avowed racial supremacists. Clay Travis says the Ravens stood for the Black National Anthem, and then most of the team kneeled for the national anthem. That, my friends, is a really bad look. One person responded, "I wouldn't know because I'm never watching football again." Woo! I love, I love my country. I hate the NFL. Yep. Yeah. I'm not gonna watch. You know what I'm gonna do? You know what I'm gonna do? If I ever find myself at a sports bar and they're playing football, I'm going to ask them, can you turn this off? I don't want to watch it and I don't want it on. And if they say no, I'll say I'll go eat somewhere else. I I don't care. You know, I'm not about cancel culture or boycotting stuff. Um, It's never been my thing. But this is corporatism. All right. It's much worse than uh, than regular old cancel culture. It is them smacking people in the face, even as the fans say no. They just keep doing it. Why? because they know they can disrespect you. They know they can knock you to the ground and piss on your face. And what will you do? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, well, I'm sick of it. And how many of you are going to be sick of it? How many of you are going to say no to this? I'm done. You know, what? like I said, never been a fan of football anyway, but I used to tolerate it. I used to go to Super Bowl parties. No way. No way, dude. Keep your garbage out of out of entertainment. You want to get serious, get serious. This ain't it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. A reckoning is upon us for the Democratic governors who unconstitutionally locked down their states. You will now face a reckoning and the first 400,000 sign onto ballot drive to repeal Michigan governor's emergency powers. That's right. Gretchen Whitmer, a Democrat, she got a lot of flack for the things she did in Michigan over COVID. And now 400,000 people want to strip her of her emergency powers and all governors moving forward. Good. They shouldn't have these powers at all. But the big breaking news, Pennsylvania coronavirus restrictions deemed unconstitutional federal judge rules. It marks a win for businesses struggling to stay afloat amid the force shutdown. Glad to see it. It's time to reopen. And if we can reopen, we can go vote in person too. how about that? Unconstitutional to try and lock this stuff down. Let's do the first story. Let's talk about this. What's going on with Whitmer? They say unlock Michigan is about 100,000 signatures away from its 500,000 signature goal in support of revoking the 1945 law that Gretchen Whitmer has used to issue coronavirus restrictions statewide, including mandates on masks, social distancing and social gatherings. If the state elections board determines that at least 340,000 of the signatures are valid and the Republican-controlled legislature would likely move to repeal the law rather than wait for a 2022 public vote, Whitmer would not be able to veto the repeal. The potential repeal would leave a 1976 law permitting the governor to declare a state of emergency in place. No one should think that allowing a politician to have unlimited power for an unlimited duration is a good idea. Fred uh, Wizzleck, probably pronouncing that wrong, spokesperson for Unlock Michigan told the AP, put the shoe on the other foot and decide if you think this is a good idea because at some time in your future, the shoe will be on the other foot, he added. Unlock Michigan expects to turn in the signatures as early as this month and as es- estimates the state elections bureau won't take more than 75 days to verify the signatures. As of August 3rd, Unlock Michigan has collected and spent more than $900,000 to send out its petitions with most of the funding coming from the Michigan citizens uh, coming from Michigan citizens for fiscal responsibility according to the AP. Whitmer has called on state residents not to sign the petition, saying the orders have allowed the government to keep people safe and permitted some businesses and schools to reopen while following safety regulations. If ever a politician says give me more power, say no. If you have the opportunity to take power away from these people, do it, please. Everybody, anybody watching this in Michigan, go sign that petition. Okay, it's not about Democrat or Republican, because one day the shoe will be on the other foot. Take away the executive authority of these people who don't care about you. The people who deserve power are the ones who don't want it and would freely give it up at a moment's notice. That's not Whitmer who says don't sign the petition. Get me keep my power. (laughs) That's super villain stuff right there. Whitmer, you should be recalled. Any good politician would say if the will of the people is to take away emergency powers with all with with all the respect I can muster, I say here, here, get those signatures, bring them before the state legislature, and I will absolutely give up that power not not Whitmer not many of these not not Phil Murphy not Cuomo not these people no they're like I must have more power so that I can crush the people what are you what are, what are you doing what are you doing you think you're the arbiter of 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 morality these people sicken me we do not live in authoritarian in, in an authoritarian country as much as many wingnut leftists might have you believe and <laughs> as much as many libertarians probably attest let me tell you we are in, for the most part, a liberal country, and I mean classical, okay? We've got to stay vigilant and protect that because we are losing a lot of our freedoms. And the Constitution is becoming Swiss cheese, which brings me to the next story, however, because sometimes we win victories. Pennsylvania coronavirus restrictions deemed unconstitutional federal judge rules. It marks a win for businesses struggling to stay afloat amid the forced shutdown. Authority is not evidence of authoritarianism. Okay, there can be some authority. You might not like it. Why do I have to pay taxes? Paying taxes doesn't make an authoritarian, a nation authoritarian. It does add authority to the nation. Authoritarianism, it's 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 a it's a gradient. It's moving from one side to the other. We tend to be a very free country, man. You could sue anybody for anything. You could sue a ham sandwich. And man, we take our free speech really seriously. People don't get it because they don't realize what it was like 100, 200 years ago. We definitely take freedom seriously in this country. Now, we're not completely free. We're we're rather in the middle. We got a mixed economy. We do have some authoritarian problems, but we're rather a free country. And this is the good news. They say U.S. District is from Fox News. U.S. District Judge William uh, Stickman the fourth, the fourth, who was appointed by Trump, sided with plaintiffs that included hair salons, drive in movie theaters, a farmer's market vendor, a horse trainer and several Republican office holders in their lawsuit against Wolf, a Democrat and his health secretary. The ruling found that Wolf, that's the governor, his restriction that requires people to stay home, place size limits on gatherings and ordered non-life sustaining businesses to shut down were unconstitutional. The Wolf administration's pandemic policies have been overreaching, arbitrary and violated citizens constitutional rights. Stickman wrote in his ruling, the governor's efforts to slow the spread of the coronavirus were undertaken with the good intention of addressing a public health emergency, Stickman wrote. But even in an emergency, the authority of government is not unfettered. Courts had consistently rejected challenges to Wolf's power to order businesses to close during the pandemic. And many other governors, Republican and Democrat, undertook similar measures as the virus spread across the country. Wolf has since lifted many of the restrictions, allowing businesses to reopen and canceling a statewide stay at home order. You know, An interesting point was made to me, and I think it was uh, Michael Malice who said this. You may be familiar with him. Follow him on Twitter. He's funny. He said that um, data about what people are willing to tolerate has fallen into the hands of some really bad people. And I think he's right. We talk about Cambridge Analytica. You you know, know this company, you know, uh, helped Donald Trump win, apparently, and they accuse him of all this wrongdoing. I don't know too much about it, although full disclosure, I actually know some of the key people at Cambridge Analytica uh, formerly. Interestingly enough, but I don't I don't know a whole lot about what they were doing other than, you know, they had Facebook data and they could use this to map out what people really wanted. Trump used that and ran on it. And he won. Imagine what they can do with that data. They know from all of this stuff they've seen on social media, how far you're willing to go and when you're not willing to go much further. If this is the case, and I think it is, look, look, let me okay, let me get real for you with you for a second. You know, Facebook knows when you're hungry. Yeah, no joke. You know that Facebook knows when you poop. I am not joking. They do. There's a really crazy story about a guy who got uh, some flyer in the mail. It was his daughter, actually. And it said like maternity clothes and stuff like this. And he got really angry. and he apparently called them complaining. Like, why are you sending maternity stuff to my daughter? She's too young. And apparently the, 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 the company said, we just, it's 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 be- because your daughter's pregnant. Turns out, I can't remember exactly what the story was, but the but the uh, the AI knew based on the things that she had been searching for, which includes like, I'm not talking about baby clothes. Like, sure, you go on Google and say, I need baby clothes and diapers. They're going to be like, okay, you're pregnant or you're having a kid. But if the woman searches for something like, I woke up feeling sick. You know, I, I was out late last night, nearest grocery store for prophylactics, things like that. They're like, bing, Guess what? We know eight months ago she said this. And then, you know, several months ago she said this. And today she's saying this. She pregnant. And so they sent out the mailer. The reason I bring this up, OK, because I'm kind of getting off on a tangent, is that these these governors, right, this guy Wolf, he instituted a whole bunch of things that were unconstitutional. They get sued and he goes, oh, well, you know, we'll lift him now. Think about what they can get, get away with. We have to spend time going through the courts while they implement unconstitutional edict and arrest people. And then we got to deal with months of going to court. Yep. And therein lies the problem. If they have the data where they know they can do this and get away with it. Well, then what do we do? Because is it reasonable then to overreact, to react very early because we know that they're trying to play dirty games? Or is that unreasonable? I honestly can't tell you. I can just tell you that if they can use data to help somebody win, they can use data to control you and they probably are. Think about what YouTube does. I got no idea why YouTube allows my videos to exist on the platform. And why is it that YouTube recommends it so often to all of you? I don't know. I must say things they like. (laughs) I have no idea what that is because I'm calling them out even right now, but for some reason, maybe it's because they're not nearly as authoritarian as as we think they are. I mean, let's be honest. If I can make a video where I'm like, here's how they're cheating and why and why I think they're cheating, and it still gets through to you, it says that we're actually okay for now. But we definitely need to watch out for this because the censorship is a real problem. Data manipulation is a real problem. And they will do everything to control what they can. We've heard it from them. They think they can sway elections. They know they can. They will. I think we better take it seriously and watch out for this stuff. Now, as for all the COVID stuff, the reckoning is coming for these Democrats. You're not going to get away with get, get away with this. And Cuomo and these and, and other governors that put sick patients into nursing homes, in my opinion, they need to face some kind of penalty, some kind of legal action. I don't know what it is, but um, I'll just put it that way. You can't just get away with killing all of these people. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thanks for hanging out.